0: j cha 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 j J mr. Webster sir <sighs> it is with great sadness that I must inform you that while You said Temple of Doom, I can only hope that you meant to say The Last Crusade. If, sir, this was not the case, the Man in the Hat Society regretfully requests that you turn in your hat, sir.
1: Hello, Rescuers. My name's Che Webster, and as you can hear, Frank's pretty disappointed with me. And probably quite rightly so. I think I meant Raiders of the Lost Ark, actually, when I was thinking about traps in the last call-in episode. But anyway, my apologies. So, welcome to another bonus call-in episode. I thought it might be worth just talking a little bit about what's happening with call-ins and how I'm handling them. So generally speaking, what happens is the episode goes out to patrons about three days early, so on a Wednesday before the Saturday release, and I usually get a whole barrage of call-ins from faithful patrons who call in quickly, which is great. But what I decided to do is start waiting probably up to two weeks after the episode is aired on a Saturday to allow those people who aren't patrons who do occasionally call in to like do so and that's been great because it's allowing me to collect call-ins together into episodes like this one which is focused on the episode i did on portals and portal fantasy so yeah that's kind of how it's working let's get into it rescue
2: ha just finished 910 the roleplay rescue and i have to say a great episode portal fantasy is fascinating it's a lot of fun and I'm I'm really glad I found myself nodding and agreeing with a lot of things you said. You know, Frank's call, kind of. That's kind of the the draw and the promise of the Strange, right? I don't know if the Strange totally delivers that. We'll find out. But that's kind of the draw that slipping in. Well, it's like the Complete Enchanter book series too. Well, book series I I say series or stories, but anyway, slipping into those other, you you know, into those other worlds, whether they be. Historical, or whether they be literature, whether they be, you know, legends. Um, I think the embodiment of this, not just portals, but also of everything you talk about for world exploration and what you're looking for a game. I remember back before COVID, we were in a play-by-post game run by Chicago Wiz. It was set effectively in the ultimate world, and you translated into that world, and became a character in that world and played. And to me that imbo- that game, the way he ran it embodied everything you were, you wanted in an exploration well, everything I hear you saying you want in an exploration game. I had a lot of fun in that. I had a personal conflict that made me leave it due to work and family stuff. But which which I'm really sad about because I think that game so far for me was one of the premier exploration games I've ever been in, potentially for the very very short time I was in it. And and I kinda wonder what what your thoughts, you know, along that line are. But anyhow, great episode.
1: Thank you, Jason, for your call. And yeah, I tend to concur. I think the ultimate game run by Chicago was, was great, actually. Now for those who don't know, that was played on his Discord server. Uh, essentially you play by post or play by message really, by by text, I think. Otherwise we're gonna have evil Jeff calling in to correct us. And I played in that for a few months, I don't know, two, three months maybe. It was a bit on and off because I know that Chicago Weeds himself was having a number of kind of difficulties in his personal life. And eventually the game folded because of that. That being said, yeah, you're right. It was great. It was good to pe- take on the role of a character, sort of translate into the world and start exploring. I sort of essentially joined the game, I, th- I think as you did, Jason, sort of partway through. It had been going for a long while anyway before that. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed it. I just feel like it didn't go long enough for me to really sort of get the most out of it. But I appreciated it, and I think it was a really good indicator to me for how a good exploration game can be run, like Theatre of the Mind. Very simple. And, yeah, top stuff. So thanks for reminding me about it. I really appreciated that, Jason.
3: Hi, Chase. This is Mike Bowers. I just listened to episode 910, the Portals to Adventure episode. I totally agree. I love Portals. Um, I have enjoyed them in the same media that you have, pretty much all the way down to Ultima 1. And there's one aspect that you didn't really touch on that is purely practical. If you're a DM who can't decide on a setting or you're torn between two or three different settings, portals are a good way to tie them together. You can either have a home setting for your characters... And then the portals can take them to a secondary setting. For instance, they might be in a real world setting, but the portals take them to a Cthulhu world, or it takes them to hell, or it takes them to a giant generational starship, or it takes them to Kryn. It takes them pretty much anywhere. Or alternately, if you want to mix your settings a little bit, but not have complete intermixing, Things could go through the portals from their side into the player's world. Uh, So that way you can use it for things that aren't uh, contemporaneous to the characters. A little bit of science fiction elements. It could account for some of the monsters. It could account for actually just big bad evil guys. Um, Suppose you have something like the Egg of Coot from Blackmoor. He shows up there and he can dominate the minds of the monsters, and so he actually takes them over and he tries to become a power in the politics and power of Blackmoor. You know, there's a lot of possibilities with portals, and they're a staple for a reason. Thanks for the episode. Hey Shay, it's Kevin calling in from the Red Caps podcast. I'm just taking
4: a quick break from a bicycle ride. I was listening to your episode on portals. If I sound out of breath or if I ramble, I apologize ahead of time. Um, But uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Your idea of bringing people from our current world into a fantasy setting. uh, Quantum Leap. I think it would be really cool to have people jump in and inhabit a body. um, And kind of, you know, this adventure already existed in that world. And they're just taking them over Quantum Leap style. And you kind of get the best of both worlds there. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention is... Everything you described there is why I think tropes are important. And every time somebody says, well, you should never use tropes in your, in your game sessions or tropes are cheap, um, they're all about giving reference to the player. And I think that's part of the reason why um, there isn't as much popularity around sci-fi games as there is around fantasy. Um, and my reason for thinking that is that uh, there just isn't as many commonly held sci-fi like, you know, public knowledge as there would be for fantasy. I think growing up, whether it be fairy tales or um, you know normal cartoons and everything there's been a lot more for people over the years in the fantasy realm or things that would associate the fantasy realm or simply history itself um, being a reference point for fantasy whereas for sci-fi there isn't as many uh, tropes and that's why that genre doesn't get as popular as fantasy does in an RPG sense because people can't connect to it as well And maybe your idea of going through a portal uh, really links in there. The last thing I wanted to mention was um, ways to use portals in your game to explore different areas of your game world. Something I've been wanting to do for ages and just haven't actually gotten the chance to work it into a game is have the Feywild essentially be uh, almost a a teleporter. Uh, So somebody would enter a section of wood in, say, the southern continent of your world. Um, They would enter a certain section of that wood and that would teleport them to the Feywild and then they would come out of the Feywild somewhere else randomly in the world and maybe have to deal with all new adventures be all cut off from their previous contacts on on a different continent, etc. So maybe that's a way to to do that. Anyhow, really loved the episode keep up the great work, I'll continue listening talk to you again soon.
1: A lovely pair of call-ins there from Mike Bowers and Kevin from the Red Caps thanks guys, appreciate those call-ins I think mike's point about practicalities about the idea of being able to port around different worlds because you know it's good fun to do that and also maybe because you just can't quite decide where you want to settle that's a really good point i really appreciated that thought and i liked what kevin had to say i think quantum leap is something that had slipped my mind and i really appreciated you reminding me of that and I liked your other ideas as well. I think the idea of kind of entering the Feywild as well is something I hadn't necessarily directly considered, although obviously with a game like The Strange, which I've been playing recently, that sort of stuff is very much encouraged. So yeah, really good practical tips. I just want to say
5: thank you so much for those. Game on, guys. Hey, good day, Che. It's Brian calling in on the Roleplay Rescue 910, the portals. And I've got, Some conflicting thoughts on portals, but for the majority, I agree with you, and I am, especially as it relates to fantasy games, movies, and anything, any story, drawn into maybe a bit of a trope, but the portal as, you know, an escape for this world or even as an illusion to to something else, you know, something which you may not see, and the portal is used as a device, and obviously it can be overused, and I've found that The stories that I enjoy the most usually have some form of a portal or a doorway. And to me, it's beautifully done, makes perfect sense, and fits. There are plenty of other things that I may not be a big fan of, and I will easily dismiss the same device. And especially on those stories that either just aren't Potentially my bag, or really in my my sweet spot, I, I would be quick to dismiss it as as an overused gimmick, or you know, a, or just a trope, and and it would be wrong to do that because I'm with you. That I, if I step back and look at you know what I enjoy, and especially for games, I think it offers a lot to play with, pardon the pun, but the potential for insights, whether it's story. Or during a game, you know, giving you a chance and then giving the players a chance to be in a world where they can suspend some beliefs. And this kind of gets to, you know, in thinking about the different world, the physics of the world, how you describe it. In some ways, it makes it easier, both for player and GM, to accept things which may be a little bit more along the lines of the strange or the weird. And the portal gives the players, the characters a chance to be something different than themselves. And maybe that's a little bit redundant to say, you're going know, to play a role-playing game and then have a portal to be to play another character. But I, I think what I generally mean is that, and this kind of goes to your example of taking, even if you're playing a character that might be from a certain era or certain age, you know, modern day, and, and going through the portal, there's just something about that situation that, you can view that as a bit of an escape from real life and you can become something a little bit more daring. And then using the portal to go to a different world, perhaps the characters may feel a little bit empowered to make themselves more of a part of that world or have a hand in shaping that world. And really, it's... I don't want to say it all simplifies to escapism, but I think there's an element, obviously, with the portal and with gaming that, that there is an escape and it can be a literal escape, or it can be, you know, the figurative escape, or just part of the, the fantastic. And I, I do think when it comes down to it, they can be fantastic, and especially if you try to stay away from the tropes. And I, I guess I'm thinking myself in, in my games, everybody knows the common ones, or taking it making a spin. But I am with you. There is something about it, something that that, that stirs a little bit more the imagination, and I think... It can be very useful, especially when we start to get into some of the things which bend genres. So some rambling thoughts. I really need to put these together and send them to you in (laughs) an email attachment next time. All right. Cheers.
1: So it seems that Brian isn't quite as comfortable with tropes as Kevin is, which is really interesting. And something that um, I immediately kind of picked up on in comparison with these two sets of call-ins Thank you, Brian, calling all the way from Australia, having emigrated there from the US, and I hope that you're settling in well, man. It's uh, good to hear you you know, back on your own podcast, have to look that up, and it's also great to hear you calling in. So yeah, I think that you're right there. The essence of creativity, in my mind, is this mashing up of things that weren't previously connected. I think, you know, taking different genres and smashing them together, or taking characters from different worlds and smashing them together, is a very creative thing and a fun thing to do. And as you said, it sort of emphasises the escapism in a literal sense, I guess, within the game, within our sort of role playing experience, which is a wonderful thing. I think it's also interesting to explore a character who doesn't have experience of the world that they're going to and as I'd suggested in the main episode I think it's a really great way of closing the player's knowledge gap you know, that cognitive distance between the player and the character great tool for that anyway, thanks guys, some really good calls and now I've got that most precious thing of all a first time caller
6: Hey Chi Paul here, first time caller I really enjoyed the
1: episode on portals.
6: I believe it's a good way of running one-shots in worlds you'd like to explore but not necessarily make a campaign in. You know, like you could choose a system, then then port port the characters to different worlds. This also enables character progression, something my players and I like. The players get involved with their characters more this way. Been listening to an earlier episode as well. I enjoyed enjoyed the one where you talked about slowing down it appealed to me i'm a dial set to 100 box checker kind of guy i set a goal list and love to tick those those boxes off when when they're complete rather than enjoying the journey of of just getting there something i need to work on And you made me think about this thanks for a great podcast glad i discovered it on a recommendation in my apple apple podcast app but cheers keep it up Jay. thank you
1: Welcome Paul, thanks so much for calling in, I really enjoyed hearing from you and thanks also for becoming a patron. It's just fantastic to have feedback on how the show has affected people because that is actually the primary reason for doing this, let's be honest. It's also lovely to hear that you picked up our recommendation and so as I've said many times it really is helpful if anyone out there likes what they're listening to please make a positive comment because it lets people like Paul find us. Anyway... Yes, thank you so much and I hope that, well, we continue to inspire you and interest you going forward. And that about brings us to the end of today. So I'm just going to say thanks very much to all the callers, to Paul, Brian, Kevin, Mike and Jason. Without you guys we wouldn't have a bonus show. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. And I hope that you're keeping safe and staying well. My name is Che Webster. This is is a Roleplay Rescue bonus call-in episode. I'll see you again on the flip side. Game on.